Hi, this is Jim Lyon. You're listening to Viewpoint. With me today, Jay Harvey. Good to be back, Jim. Always good to see you, Jay. And I know that you and I share a kind of interest in many different subjects. Yes. I mean, honestly, Jay, you're a humorist, you're a stand-up comedian, Mm -hmm. you're a fun guy, all those kinds of things that I'm not. (laughs) But you and I both love the scripture. Yes. And there are certain biographies that we just dive into and we have in common an affinity, a kind of affection for a woman named Corey Ten. Oh yes, I remember well when I spoke at a pastor's conference somewhere and, and they gave me a gift card to the Family Christian Bookstore or a Christian bookstore, I can't remember which one, but using that I thought, well, I'll get something that you know maybe is off the grid a little bit. And I just happened to be going down an aisle and I saw this grandmotherly figure on the cover and it said Tramp for the Lord and it was the story of Corey Ten Boom. And I just picked it up thinking I had made a choice. I think God made the choice for me because what I read inside truly began to put meat on the bone, so to speak, of what it's like to totally surrender and be a person that forgives. And that's my introduction to Corey Ten Boom. Well, and all of that backstory for some of our listeners who may not know who she is, is the subject of our broadcast today. And we're talking about Corey Ten Boom because it was 125 years ago this spring that she was born in a little town called Harlem in Holland. Her most eventful life is a study in courage, in faith, and as you said, Jay, in forgiveness. Mm. And when we come back, we want you to meet Corey Ten Boom, as it were, at least through the lens of her story, and then also know how your own life can be changed as was hers by the truths and foundations upon which she stood. Not only was her life changed, Corey Ten Boom changed the world. Mm -hmm. We'll be right back. Have you ever been to the Netherlands? I have not, no. I mean, it's worth a trip. I promise you it is. I've been many times. And it's picturesque. It's postcard picture perfect, really. And part of that is because during the Second World War... A city like Amsterdam escaped bombing. Mm -hmm. You know, so many other cities were bombed. Rotterdam, for instance, was firebombed by Mm -hmm. the Nazis. But Amsterdam, for varying reasons, escaped the fight. It was occupied by the Nazis for many years, but as they conquered it, they walked in without a fight, and as they retreated, they walked out without a fight. And so the architecture and the art and the canals and the leafy green trees, streets, and all that. I'd love to go. Are there. Yeah. And we all have a picture of Holland, don't we? I mean, yes. tulips and windmills and wooden <laughs> shoes. I mean, Corrie Ten Boom is your quintessential yes. postcard Hollander. Yes. A Dutch woman who, as she aged, matured into everybody's grandma. That's right. I mean, you can just see her on the cover of your book, Tramp for the Lord, yes. or maybe some of the other books she's written. If you see a photograph of her, you just imagine her to be in the kitchen baking cookies or yeah. coming out with some hot cross buns or something. Yes. That's just the way she presented herself. But that veneer of grandmotherly kind of gentility masks a woman whose heart was of steel in the way in which it survived the war. Absolutely. And the way in which it also was formed to reach out to others implausibly. Her story. Mm. She has a sister named Betsy, right? Right. And a dad named Casper. Mm -hmm. Her mother has passed away before the Second World War. Betsy and Corey Ten Boom lived with their father. They were middle-aged women who never married. Right. And as they lived with their father, they became engaged in the Dutch resistance. They built a room. What do they call that room in their house? The hiding place. The hiding place. 
Casper Ten Boom, what did he do for a living? He was a watchmaker. And they had a store with clocks yes. and watches on the storefront. Then multi-story like Dutch houses you'd imagine and a postcard. They should make a movie out of it. <laughs> oh, should. wait. They, oh, they did. They did. Okay. A phenomenal film that you should find somewhere, The Hiding Place, tells the story. Right. They have an ordered existence, but when the Nazis come, the Nazis are chasing down Jews and other people they consider to be undesirable. They murder them. They ship them off to camps. They shoot them in the streets. It's a terrifying oh. season. The Dutch are considered by the Nazis t- to be a kind of Aryan sister race, so they're not in the crosshairs. Right. But the Ten Booms just can't watch other people suffer in this way. And so right. they actually risk their lives to take people into this little room they built called the hiding place. And for them to do it in the middle of the war, again, we look back on it, we think, well, the Nazis lost the war, everything settled down fine. But when you're in the middle of that, you don't know how that's going to end. That's right. And they had, a, they had a foundation, though, Jim. I know that we talked about this before, but they were religious. They followed Christ. Uh, they read the Bible at night together. They did devotions. Uh, the Father led them in, in the foundation of being a Christian. And so it was natural for them, not knowing the outcome, but they had to do something to help people, innocent people, and they built the hiding place. And they helped countless refugees who fled from the Nazis find refuge in their hiding place while they were in transit, maybe to the coast of the English Channel where they might get to safety in the United Kingdom, or, or maybe find a boat to get off to Norway or somewhere else where they might find a little more hospitable uh, outcome. But during the war, the Ten Booms risked everything because they knew if they were apprehended, if the Nazis knew what was going on in their house, they'd be dead. Right. And that actually did happen. A Dutch informant, another Dutchman who became alleged to the Nazi cause, informed on the Ten Boom family, the aged watchmaker Caspar Ten Boom and his middle-aged daughters unmarried, Betsy and Corey. And in February of 1944, the Gestapo shows up, seizes the house, carries them off. Six people in the hiding place in that room in that very minute were never discovered by the Nazis and mm. escaped to freedom. But the Ten Booms paid with everything. Yes. Caspar Ten Boom, aged man, rides in the back of a lorry with his daughters to a police station, and then they're imprisoned. Their father, Corey and Betsy's father, Casper, will die within 10 days. Mm. Betsy and Corey are shipped off to Ravensbrück, a horrifying Nazi concentration camp 56 miles north of Berlin, the only one designed just for women with its own unique horrors for women. Betsy will die in that camp of starvation and hard labor. Only Corey will live and crawl out of that camp near the war's end just through a clerical error, which we believe is the appointment of God, Mm -hmm. because just after she was released, all the women her age in the camp were gassed to death. Yes. Only 15% of the 135,000 women imprisoned during the war at Ravensbrück. Yes, that's 135,000. Only 15% would live. Corey was one of those. Mm. When we come back, Jay, we want to talk about how Corey endured all of that and how she viewed her family's journey and how her faith was unshakable because of an event Mm. that happened on the night of their arrest. Yes. You can't imagine this, but it actually happened. Jennifer Wilson, you're the original co-host with me here at Viewpoint. And during all of these years, have you ever been with us to the Holy Lands? I have not. Well, JJ, I want you to come with us next time because we're going to go again in January 
2018. Why in January? At the front end of the month, we'll be in Bethlehem for the Orthodox Christmas Eve. And then we're going to walk through the streets of the old city of Jerusalem. We'll be on the Mount of Olives and overlook that city over which Jesus wept. Hmm. We'll go to Galilee and you'll go out on a wooden boat framed like the one Jesus sailed on and you'll see the bowl of mountains upon which the lilies bloom like Solomon's glory. There's so much to experience, so many places to go. The scripture comes alive. JJ, come along with us. And everyone listening, we want you to join us. How do you get there? Check out our website, cbhviewpoint.org. Read all about it. Or give us a call, 1-800-757-VIEW. That's 1-800-757-8439, toll free. See you there. In 1954, some years after the war ended, Corrie ten Boom was back in her hometown of Harlem in the Netherlands. Mm -hmm. It was a rainy day. She was frustrated. She was making haste from the train station to the place where she would spend the night, slipped on the wet pavement, and feared she had broken her hip. In excruciating pain, unable to get up, at the age of 61 years, a policeman came over and knelt down beside her (laughs) and tenderly helped her up and would get her to hospital. But along the way, he said, are you not one of the ten boom daughters. And she was very surprised. How do you know me? He said, because I was a member of the Gestapo. He was a Dutchman who had joined the Gestapo during the war. And he said, I was at your father's house when your father and you and your sister were arrested. I will never forget it. It changed my life. She was shocked. Imagine this is, you know, how many years, nine years after the wars ended. So much has happened. And this man who's helping me off the pavement was a member of the Gestapo and recognizes me. Mm. And she said, well, why did it change your life? How how do you remember it? And he said, what I remember most vividly is how your father, calmly and serenely, having been arrested and thrown onto a bench in a police station, pulled out the Bible, the only thing he carried from his house, and opened it to the 91st Psalm and read it out loud in all of our hearing. He said, it changed my life. Okay, Jim. So you're telling me that years later, after all that she had endured, she slips on the pavement and the police officer that happens to help her was one of the police officers that came to arrest her father and her sister Betsy and her. And now he's helping her up and she's verifying this. And he verifies it by saying, what I remember most is that that night your father read Psalm 91. I mean, how's that possible? In a Nazi police station yes. with all the people doing the Heil Hitler, right. they're going to be thrown into prison and sent off to a concentration camp. It is incomprehensible, but mm. that is the God that Corey knew yes, and the one that still knows us. Yes. The 91st Psalm, Corey was so amazed that he remembered it, but she remembered it vividly too. Mm. It was the last time she heard the sound of her father's voice. She would never see him again. She would never hear his voice again. These were his last words. Oh, to have these be our last words. Psalm 91, verse 1. Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God, and I trust him. For he will rescue you from every trap and protect you from deadly disease. He will cover you with his feathers. He will shelter you with his wings. His faithful promises are your armor and protection. Verse 5, 
Do not be afraid of the terrors of the night, nor the arrow that flies in the day. Do not dread the disease that stalks in darkness, nor the disaster that strikes at midday. Though a thousand fall at your side, ten thousand are dying around you. These evils will not touch you. Just open your eyes and see how the wicked are punished. You who dwell in the shelter of the Lord, who abide in his shadow for Say to the Lord, my refuge, my rock in whom I trust, and he will raise Psalm 91, 
the last audible voice of Caspar ten Boom in the hearing of his daughters. And not just in their hearing, but in the hearing of everyone in the police station and the Nazis themselves. Right. As I recount the story and just imagine the scene, I have to think about how those words fell on everyone in the room. So first of all, let's think about Caspar ten Boom. He has been arrested by the Nazis. We know that the Nazis are really bad. Right. <laughs> he right. knows this. He knows that his number is up. He's an aged man. He has harbored Jews in his house. He's helped the Dutch resistance. His days are coming to a close. That's mm. surely what he believes. And he pulls out his Bible and calmly reads without any equivocation these words. Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. All right. How did he hear those words? How do you think speaking them out loud helped him? Oh, I, I, I'm trying to put myself there. And, and I think what's important about this is the foundation that this has been a part of his life for a while, reading scripture, reading Psalms. And so at this moment when he probably knows that his future is not good, he has lived in the shelter of the Most High. And at this moment in time, he can find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. Uh, hopefully, that gave him some peace in that um, most definite turbulent time. You know, words have power. And when you speak words, it brings things to life. Right. And if you speak a curse, it actually has power to destroy and to harm. Mm. If you speak a blessing, you actually can create life. Mm. And when you speak the word of God out loud, when you speak this truth, even though the hour be so dark, you can't comprehend it, it has power to plant that truth all around you, not just in you, I think, but around right. you. Sure. Caspar ten Boom, by reading the 91st Psalm, was covering himself and protecting himself. And folks, never deny the power of the Scripture in your own life. That's why Scripture memorization is so important. Corey ten Boom uh, spoke in my hearing in person and said, never forget you may not always have the printed page of the Bible. Memorize the word. Caspar mm. ten Boom has the word written on his heart. He's reading it from the printed page at this moment, but he is protecting himself. We need the word to protect us. But now, yes. that's Caspar ten Boom's faith experiencing right. that word. How about the Nazis around the room? <laughs> I mean, I'm going to guess there are a few Nazi guys listening to him speak. Right. He's reading in Dutch, and they speak Dutch. Mm -hmm. And they're thinking, this old man, is, right. what a loser. I mean, right. Those words cannot help you. Right. We are the Nazis. We are the most powerful military force on earth. And, and I would even say, even if it did mean something to them, they're certainly not going to let on to it at that moment. They're surrounded by their peers, and they're not going to say, hey, you know what? He may have a point there. No, <laughs> they're going to stay silent and mock him. And they cannot disclose what's really going on in their hearts, exactly. if anything. Right. But there are some people whose hearts are cold stones, mm. and they think the Scripture is of no merit, and mm -hmm. they are full of themselves. Of course, it will be a year and a half before the Nazi cause has completely collapsed. Mm -hmm. But on that evening, they thought they were the masters of the universe. They may have dismissed what he said, but we know that there was one Gestapo in the room who actually was listening and who heard it. And years later would bear witness that that word was planted in his heart. Mm. Never underestimate the power of a scripture that you share or read to land into someone's eternal destiny. Even in the moment, you may not realize it. None of the 10 booms had any idea that anyone else was hearing this word and being changed by it, but yeah. they were. Just think about this, Jim. These years later, this police officer has seen what has come and gone. Verse 8 says, just open your eyes and see how the wicked are punished. 
he he, he saw that it. yeah he, he saw it. that come to fruition and now he is helping up <laughs> the the lady that was in that police station with her father wow. over which she had complete and total power in the moment yes and now she actually wow. holds him oh. well then there are Corey and Betsy they're in the house too they're listening to their father read and I'm certain that they at the moment were reassured by the sound of his voice and the mm-hmm. truth of the text but my guess is their most powerful impact was not then, but later. Yes. Because as they're in Ravensbrück, and you hear the screaming of people being beaten and tortured, women at Ravensbrück were the subject of medical testing, unspeakable. There were women herded into the gas chambers and some who could hardly walk in the terror, in the hell-designed mm. dorm mm-hmm. in which they found residence. I'm going to guess that they would find sleep and hear the sweet voice of their father Mm. speaking those words, this I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God and I trust him. Mm -hmm. How powerful is a word spoken today in the future in a world and circumstance you cannot even today imagine. But when you speak truth today or when you're in the hearing of truth spoken today, it will not return void. And no matter what you face, God will use it to breathe life into you. And that was their story. Mm -hmm. Psalm 91, I'm never going to read it the same way. (laughs) I'm never going to stumble on this passage without thinking about the ten booms and the power of this verse. Mm. And I guess that leads us to a question about you listening today. Where are you? Are you familiar with the scripture? Can we send you a Bible? We will. Can we help you understand the Bible? We would love to talk to you about it. Do you have a word from the scripture that you can speak out loud? Are you in a crisis or in a smooth and easy time? Never underestimate the power of God's word to actually bring life and to protect life and to change the lives around you. We want to invite you into knowing more about this God who has given us his word and about his son who the scripture describes as the word become flesh. Yes. You can take a step that way with us right now by joining us in prayer. Our Father, we're so thankful that you know us by name, each one of us. And even though hell rages and seeks to work us harm, you are never far away. We thank you for the scripture that you have breathed into being and that you have caused to be committed to the printed page and that you have preserved across time and space, even for the present hour. We thank you for its power and its supernatural ability to change us, to cover us, to protect us. I know that Casper Ted Boom and Betsy Ted Boom and Corey Ted Boom, each in their own place and in their own time, found themselves falling into your arms from this world to the next with the sound of your word in their hearts. May we all do so well. And we pray, Lord, that for all who are joining us in this prayer right now, that your word might become alive in each one and draw us into life and to cause us to change the world for Jesus' sake. And we offer this prayer in his name. Amen. I don't know where to go from here. It all used to seem so clear. I'm finding I can't do this on my own. I don't know where to go from here. As long as I know that you are near. I'm done fighting. I'm finally letting go. I will trust in you. Never failed before, I will trust in you. If there's a road I 
If you'd like to have a copy of the Bible, if you'd like to talk about the Bible, if you'd like to know about this God who is the author of the Bible, give us a call. Just dial this number, 1-800-757-VIEW, toll free, 1-800-757-8439. 24 hours a day, seven days a week, we're right by the phone. Glad to hear from you. But Jay, if someone would prefer not to call us up just yet, but just check us out online. We are Christians Broadcasting Hope, CBH. Where would they find our web address? Well, it would be www.cbhviewpoint.org. That's it. You can read about the ministry there. You can send us an email, request a Bible. We'll send it straightway. Or at the last, just write me a letter. Address it to Jim Lyon, Viewpoint, Post Office Box 2420, Anderson, Indiana, 46018, USA. But whether you call us on the phone Check us out online or use Surface Mail, please. Let us hear from you this week. Jay, so glad to be with you always. Inspired to be with you and inspired again by Corey's story. Wow. Corey Ten Boom, what a remarkable life, so well lived. We should all reach for the same. And we thank you for tuning in and joining us today. We hope you'll be with us again next week. We'll be right back here in the same time, same place. But until then, for all of us at the Viewpoint team, 
For all of us at Church of God Ministries, which is the host of our broadcast, this is Jim Lyon. Godspeed.